and welcome to The Haunted Ride. I'm your host, Melissa, and thank you for joining me today. So I hope you have your tea and your snacks. We're going to be talking about something a little different today. I'm going to share two of my near-death experiences with you. Uh, this actually, I'd been wanting to do this episode for a while now, but I was a little nervous too. I was a little kind of unsure because death and things like that. A lot of people aren't comfortable with it. One of the stories does talk about suicide and or suicidal thoughts. And so I didn't want to upset or hurt or anything like that with anyone. You know, this, I always, whenever somebody asks me like, well, what do you talk about on the show? You know, I do talk about how it is paranormal and it is spiritual. And we talk about ghosts and we talk about psychic occurrences and basically like how to find your like, highest spiritual self and all of that stuff, but I always describe it as a feel-good podcast. My goal from the beginning to the end of the show is always to approach things in a way where you feel comfortable and I feel comfortable too, and we can learn from one another. While you may not be directly interacting with me, I can listen back to this episode and see how I feel about it, see how not only for like voice or audio reasons, but also for like the actual content. Like, what am I saying? How am I saying it? Does it sound okay? Like, is this going to bother anybody? And so I was really hesitant to share it. But I was talking in our Discord group, which if you would like to join it, the link is... So Apple and Spotify do not allow you to click links directly in the description or the show notes. But I've learned a lot of like individual podcast podcast players. They do let you. So if you ever open the show episode, you'll be able to see all the links there. If you don't want to see all the links, the website is in the description of the podcast. So you can always just click on it from there and our Discord or YouTube or Pinterest or like all of our social media is there. But Jittery2, who you guys have heard me mention her before, She's been super active in our Discord group. It's just really nice to have her there. She shared with me a couple of her experiences, and and so I started sharing some of mine. And in doing that, I kind of realized that it's sad. Like, thinking about someone passing or being close to passing is sad to talk about. But what was so amazing and what I love to hear, especially as if you guys follow me on social media, um, you'll see that I was just at an expo, and I was walking around talking with people, and I love to hear their story about when spirituality became so important in our lives. And a lot of times, it's right around when something so major happens, and a lot of times it's death, you know, the whole cycle of death and rebirth. And so it is sad to talk about, but there's so much energy there. And when you come back, you kind of sit down and you're like, whoa, wait a second, there's something here, like, and I'm learning and I'm bettering myself and I'm bettering my life. And so I've decided to share those things with you guys. So I'll share that and then I'll share a little bit as to why I've really been wanting to do this so much and why it really came out for me. And that's also going to be part of our what I learned this week. So we'll listen to a quick promo and then we will get into the show. See you guys in a bit. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. 
Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. It is written, the meek shall inherit the earth, but not on my watch. I am King Osiris. I wasn't born to be a king, but America needed something democracy could no longer give her. And so, like a chess master, I made my moves with anticipation and bravado. This is not just my story, nor simply about my rise to power. This is a story about our world and the monsters that control governments. What happens when the monsters cannot control me? The rise of King Osiris. Listen on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Visit theriseofkingosilus.com. And we're back. So I hope you enjoyed the promo. And now let's get into the first uh, near-death experience. So as a teenager, um, I just had a really hard time. And in that, I truly believed based on what had been told to me over and over and over again since I was a child, was that I was useless. I thought that I was a waste of space on the planet and that I did nothing but cause other people pain. Now, I've been struggling with actually keeping that in this audio as I say it, because I don't want people to feel sad about that. I don't want them to feel like I need to have sympathy for that. But it's important, and I am keeping it, because if you're an empath, if you feel other people's emotions, if you deal with narcissistic people, you know how hard that experience can be. To be told that you can't be anything better, be helpful, help another person, and that instead you're hurting them, as an empath, that, I mean, that's hard as a normal person. But if you feel other people's emotions and you feel everything in that, and then it's kind of dumped on top of you like a bucket of cold water, it really hurts. Like it hurts and it eats away at you. And it brings you to this really dark, dark place. So when all of this was happening, there was something in me that was like, no, you're not like this. No, this is not what's going on. No, like, you don't need to think about it that way. Like, you're okay. Like, you're strong. Like, understand that this is apart from you. But I got so used to hearing the loud voice telling me this all the time that I kind of ignored the quiet voice of myself, which was my guides, telling me the opposite. So I began to believe that. And in believing that and thinking so low of myself, I began to have suicidal thoughts. After a while of that, I tried a variety of different things and nothing would ever work. And I was like, what the hell? I'm just trying to make everything better by not being here. So that should explain the next part of this. We were at a mall, my parents and myself. I was really down. I was really depressed. I kind of just stayed away from them. And in my head, I kept hearing, you know, they're happier without you. So we had parked. It was a huge parking lot, but there was no closed parking. So we ended up parking 
there was kind of like a road and we parked on the other side in the dirt area. So we're walking back to the car and I'm kind of just in my own head and in my own space. And my parents cross the road into the dirt area and I am checking the street before I cross because I'm, I'm a, I'm like a really good distance away from them. Like I'm super far away from them. Like I could have like veered off at any time and they would have not known that I've disappeared. That's how far away we were from one another. So as I get up and I kind of jump up to the curb of this little uh, median section, I look and I see a bus and I was like, wait, every time I try to do this myself, it's not working, but this wouldn't be myself. So the bus comes closer to me and closer to me. And my plan is basically to step out from the median right when the bus is there so that it'll hit me. Then there's no way that it's going to miss me and it's not going to veer off to anyone else and, or anything like that. And, you know, it's a bus. So everybody on the bus will be fine. It'll just be me. I stand on the edge and I'm standing and I'm standing and I'm standing and the bus is coming closer and closer and I step out and I don't get hit. There's no impact. There's no nothing. And I'm looking at the bus, which is not, which was to my left. And there's no bus there. The bus is now on my right. The bus did not break. No one honked their horn. The bus did not swerve because I watched the bus the whole time. When I stepped out, I watched that bus. I knew what was going to happen and that bus did not hit me. And everyone on the bus, except for the driver, turned in their chair and stared at me with their mouths open like they had just seen something happen too. And I get this sudden like rush of like air and energy up my back. And I hear a voice that goes, essentially, nice try. I moved the bus. And I was like, what the, f what? <laughs> Apparently, based on that, to this day, I don't know how the bus moved. All I know is the bus went from my left to my right. It had no opportunity to go around me, had no opportunity to swerve, completely passed by me, and somehow was moved. The only thing that I could think of was maybe it was like lifted up, which I know sounds weird and sounds crazy, but I'm telling you, that bus should have hit me. So comically, I guess my parents must have realized something had happened because again, they were really far away from me. They were a good like 40 or 50 feet away from me. And they weren't like looking back to check on me. But after this occurrence happens, and again, the bus driver of the bus does not honk their horn. They make no sound. And then all of a sudden, my parents turn around and they go, are you coming? And I was like, okay. After all this happened, I realized this is why nothing's working. I had no control of that situation. I had no control of that bus moving somehow from the left to right of me and still being in the same lane it was in. I did not do that. Something else did. And I was like, okay, got it. Because I had always thought I was here for a reason. And I had always thought that reason was to help people. So this whole situation happens and I just sit back and I go, this isn't, this isn't going to work. This isn't going to happen. There's not going to be a way because there's not meant to be. I'm not meant to go yet. If I was, I would have. And that was kind of like the first time I had stood up and said, all the stuff that's, that's been happening around me, everything that I've been told, all the ways that I've been made to feel, they're not true. And while I may not have the strength to stand up to them completely, I may not know how, 
I do know now that they are not true. So after this happened, much like I discussed earlier in the first part of the episode, I started learning really, really deeply about spirituality. I started trying to find who I was and and what I was and why. I realized that, okay, well, maybe I can't help everyone, but I can help someone. So if I can find someone to help and I can help guide them, then that's what I'm going to do. And then that's when I started the forum and I started getting all those stories that I've shared with you guys already. So, okay, we're doing good. We're fine. Everything's fine. Everything's good. So now around this time, I am maybe 14 or 15, somewhere around there. And I'm with my my mom and my dad and they go to Walmart. And I have uh, hypoglycemia, which is low blood sugar. I am at a critically low blood sugar level constantly. So I have, uh, the only real symptom I have is a headache until it dips to a crashing point and then I get other symptoms. This has basically been with me my whole life. It's because of how I was born. However, I did not get that diagnosis until I was 16. So I would keep going to the doctor and saying, hey, I've got this stuff going on. I've got this stuff going on. And they're like, well, there's 300 different reasons why you can have a headache. I don't know what to tell you. We're at the Walmart. I get out the car and I start getting my typical headache and I start feeling a little dizzy. And I tell my mom and my mom is now pissed because we just got here. And she's like, well, basically suck it up. And I'm like, no, there's there's something really wrong. And she goes, well, just go sit down on the bench, which was in front of all the cashiers. And I will come by and get you after I'm done food shopping. So there's a huge storm going on. I think we actually ended up with like a hurricane around that time. I think that's why we were actually there was to get items for making sure we had food and stuff before everything goes. And now like the thunderstorm is now raging um, from this hurricane is now raging over the Walmart. So I am sitting on this bench and I hear people like freaking out about the storm. I hear people talking about it, but then their voices start to get like, almost drowned out. Like if I'm in water and I can't really hear them anymore, you know that if you get in a pool and you can't hear really the tones of voices and hear them clearly above the pool water, that's how I felt. And I was like, well, that's weird. And then I feel really tired, like super, super tired. And then I just feel like I'm being pulled out of my body, almost more like I'm floating out of my body. And at this time of my life, I did do astral projection, so I knew how that felt. And I was like, no, this feels, this feels a little different than astral projection. Something's, something's different, and I couldn't really understand what it was. So I kind of like, I'm in this place spiritually where I open my eyes and I just see blackness all around me. But I'm being moved up a tunnel, like a vertical t- a tunnel. So I kind of look up at the tunnel and there's this bright white light and I see my grandmother and she looks happy to see me in like that loving, I love you type of way, but she's so sad, but she's just leaned over waiting for me and I am being lifted up to her and I keep hearing like a voice very similar to the same voice that I'd heard before. That's kind of like, no, 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 some time yet. But I'm kind of just like, I don't understand. Like, I don't understand really what's happening. And then from the darkness of the tunnel, 
I hear a man go, please don't go, I love you. Please don't go. And that stopped me in my tracks. And I just stopped floating. And I listened to that voice. And then I kind of just really focused in on it. And then I looked up at my grandmother and I said, no, it's not my time yet. And that was the first time since this whole exchange that she'd smiled at me. And then suddenly I kind of start being pulled back down to my body. But it was like a purposeful pull. So I come back and I open my eyes. And the, the thunderstorm had shut off all the power inside the Walmart. So people were screaming. The wind was so bad that it sounded like it was going to lift off the roof. And I'm kind of like, you know, I'm in a really bad daze. I'm kind of like wobbling on the chair a little. And a man walks up to me and goes, here, this is for you. He gives me like a, I think it was like a bag of chips or something. Now, let me explain something to you. At this time in my life, I didn't trust strangers. I especially did not trust men at all. I did not trust men. I did not like to be around them. Nothing. So for me to be, to begin with, to take food from someone, much less it be a guy, open the bag and eat it, was odd. On its own, it was odd. So I look at the guy, and I eat some of the, the food, and he walks past me and kind of walks off, and I watch him walk away, and I said, when you have low blood sugar, you end up, it's like you're in a daze, and then once you eat, you actually feel your blood sugar begin to rise back up. And so it kind of knocks you out of the funk a little bit. So it occurs to me that I never said thank you. And I was like, well, that was rude. He gave me, he gave me food. So I kind of teeter-totter getting up out of my chair. And there's a lady who was at the bench to the left of me. And I said, she, kept, she keeps staring at me like really strangely. And I kind of try to walk off to the guy. But then I don't see him anymore. And I'm like, well, I was watching him walk away. He didn't go that fast. So I say to one of the cashiers, I said, did you see that guy come by here? And she goes, what guy? I explained to her what he looked like, explained to her what he was wearing. And she goes, no, honey, I didn't see any guy come by. And I said, but he was with me over at the chair. And she goes, she was in direct view of me from, the, from where I was sitting. She goes, honey, there was never anyone by you at that chair. Like there was never a single person over there. And I just kind of look at her and like, I know what I saw. There was a woman to the left of me and there was a guy who gave me chips. If that's the case, then how did I get chips? And I just say, okay. And I sit back down and I wait for my, my mom and my dad to come. And my mom comes over and she goes, here. And she kind of tosses a sandwich at me. I was like, oh, thank you. But I look at her and I go, well, how did you know? And she goes, I don't know. I just knew that she needed some food in you. And I said, okay. And we got up and we left. So here's why when I heard that guy say, please don't go, I love you, it meant so much to me. There is a common thought that when you come to this planet and in every life that you decide to incarnate yourself, you sort of make a deal. You say, I want this life to be about this. I want to learn this and this and this in this life. So what I had agreed to for this life was to find my soulmate. And of course, you know, People talk about twin flames and soulmates and that there's a difference, but just to find that person for me. And that was something I had really agreed to. I had agreed to having a difficult life. I had agreed to everything that I'd gone through just to find that one person because I knew 
when I found that person, everything for me would change. And so when I heard that, please don't go, I love you, it reminded me of that. Because I had known that I'd agreed to this stuff since I was four. I had a dream about it. And so when I heard that voice, it reminded me that I said, I agree to all of these things. I agree to all the struggle. I agree to all the hurt and the pain because I'm going to get this reward from it. I'm going to get the one thing that I I want more than anything else, which is love. And to be able to grow within that love and grow to be a different and a better type of person. So now here I am, I'm 18. I meet my husband, fell in love with him right away. And he doesn't sound anything like the guy who talked to me. And I'm not going to lie, like that kind of like made me sad. Like I knew this was my soulmate, but I kind of thought like, I don't know, I always wanted to say like, thank you to that person, you know? This is a person who like, somehow they, they reminded me of all the beautiful things that were in life and all of the beautiful things that were in store for me. I wanted to say thank you to them for that. And my way of saying thank you would be to like spend the rest of my life with this person. And I knew that because that's, that's who I was living for, really. And so I, I have always had that voice in my head, always. Anytime things got really dark, anytime, like, that voice became like a beacon of light for me. It was really important to me. So one day, I hear my husband cry. And he's talking to me. And he said something. And when he says it, I realize that voice that I heard in his voice sound the exact same way. And I was like, holy shit, it is you. (laughs) I was really, really excited about that. And I've told him about this. And he kind of just, for him, he's just happy that, you know, I didn't decide to make that journey away from this world because then we wouldn't be together. But, you know, he kind of just lets me talk about it and leaves it be. But for me, like, he was that beacon. So those are my two near-death experiences. So here's why actually even this even came up. And this is actually kind of going to lead into my, what I've learned this week too. For the past two months, so basically since June, when I have a meditation session, it's not like the ones I used to have before. Before I wouldn't really see anything. I knew like I would be somewhere, but I didn't see anything when I was there. I just knew I was someplace. And then... Right around the beginning of my birthday, I started seeing things. I see them in my meditative sessions. I see them even when I'm asleep and dreaming. I don't always have them, but I do have dreams that do come true. It is really hard to see exactly what the message is in the dream because a lot of things that pull, a lot of times it pulls from like different little like images and stuff in your subconscious. And so you have to find what the actual truth is in that dream. I used to always struggle with that a lot. And I would only really know, oh, hey, look, like I saw this in my dream once it happened. And then I'd be able to understand the message. But since June, that hasn't been the case. If I have a dream like that, I know what it is. It's almost like I've kind of like awakened a little more or gotten a little bit of the higher sense of myself. But I was reading a lot about the Akashic Records. And I was like, oh, I would love to try this. Because I see a lot of stuff in my past lives. There are a lot of things that I have questions on. I get a lot of dreams about my past lives. And so I really wanted to mostly just see if anything was holding me back. And this meditative session for 11 minutes and 7 seconds was crazy. 
I saw so many different things. And I saw myself die numerous times. And when I got out of it, it changed my perception for the whole day. And it has changed how I feel about the universe and spirituality and my abilities. It made me a little weary, to be honest with you. Actually, there's been times where my guys are like, can you please just meditate? Because if you don't, we're just going to show it to you. And I'm like, all right, cool, I'll do it. But where I used to have that need and that want to meditate all the time, I don't have it. Where I used to say, oh, you know, it would be a great idea to do a tarot card reading. Uh, now I feel pulled to do them. So things have just really changed for me. And while I had thought that I'd for the most part gotten over the weariness of the whole thing because it was so much and I was just like, I don't even know how to process all of this. I don't even know what to do about all of it. Like, holy shit. Like, this, this is a lot. Like, it was a lot. I wrote it all down and it was a lot. I saw where I came from. I saw why I decided to come to this planet. I saw why I decided to come to America. I saw where I was from before then. Like, I saw so many things. And I saw my struggle. And I saw my pain. And when you see those things, life and the stresses that you have seem so minimal. And so everything for me has changed. And it's been really hard to figure out if that's a good change or a bad change. Because for instance, I don't want to be wary about meditating. I don't want to be wary about things like that. I still use my abilities all the time. But the spirit guides that I've got coming around me now are completely different than the one that I had back in March or in April, or in May. They're stronger, they're different, their personalities are different. And I also know that partially, I am channeling their personalities when it comes to certain things. And while they're not weary, they help me to embrace other sides of myself. And that process in itself can be a little weary too. So I've been working on it. I've been working on it a lot. I've had to come to the understanding that I can't meditate the way that I used to anymore. I'm not at that place or at that level anymore. Like now when I meditate, it is to see things, to see visions, to sort of recalibrate myself and reestablish that relationship that I have with my guides where I can hear them a little clearer. Um, my abilities work a lot differently. I feel things very differently. I even hear my guides' voices differently. It feels more like they're a part of me and who I am than just feeling like, they're outside of me. So while I had that weariness, and I will say that it's mostly gone. It's not even really like a full weariness of meditation. It's mostly just, you showed me so much, so now what do I do with it? Am I using it correctly? Am I doing what you want me to do with it? Like, how do I, how do I deal with these things? How do I approach this? It's raised a lot of questions and a lot of warnings and cautions for me. And not in a way where I think meditation is bad or I think anything they showed me is bad. I don't. They wouldn't have showed it to me. Even if I asked, like, they wouldn't have showed it to me unless I could handle it. And I handled it really well. And I feel really good about a lot of it, too. But I kind of always have that, like, in the back of my head, emotionally and mentally, I've sort of taken a step back where, like, the spiritual aspects of myself are really at the forefront now. I just have a little bit of doubt for, for myself, not my guides or anything, but for me. And so what I learned this week was it's understandable why I have those doubts. It's understandable why I'm questioning those things. I mean, 
when I saw all of those things and I felt how somber it put me, I cried. Like I, I cried. I felt down the whole day. I just realized that there was so much that I'd been through. And, you know, I thought I'd been through a lot in this life. But if I thought like this life looked like a pancake walk based on what they'd gone through. And I think what I had to realize, and I realized it yesterday, is my spiritual self and the aspects of myself, my abilities are so strong. If I had to put them at a level between one to 10, I would say that before I had these meditative sessions, I was probably like a seven. Now that I've had all this happen, I'm probably like a 10. But before I had them happen, physically, mentally, and emotionally, I was like an eight. And now that I had them happen, emotionally, now I'm at a six. So I've gone much higher in my spiritual self, which is amazing and great. It makes me so happy. But emotionally, I'm just like, am I really doing the best that I can for them? Like, am I really doing the best that I'm supposed to do in this life? Like, how do I go about these things? How do I go about learning and harvesting and growing and moving forward in those things when I'm not even really entirely sure if I'm doing the best that I, I should be able to do? Should I do more? Did I do all these things and then not ask the right questions? One of the things that I, I realized the other day, and I've heard this before, there was a person who did spiritual guidance on a podcast, and somebody called them a shaman. And she said, oh, I don't call myself that. And I said, well, why? Because everything you're doing is what a shaman would do. And she said, perhaps. She goes, but a shaman doesn't call themselves a shaman. That is something that the people they've helped, something that their community, that is a title that they give them. But they don't call themselves that. They just call themselves a worker. They are a spiritual worker and that's it. And when I sit back and I give people spiritual guidance or I've seen the people around me who I interact with, I've seen their vibrations growing just like mine have grown. I've seen the effect that me as a person growing has had on them and how what I tell them, how it actually works and sticks with them now. And so if somebody calls me like a term like a shaman or since so I did something like a shaman would or something like that, I'm like, whoa, 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 wait a second, wait, 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 whoa. I don't deserve that title. I'm just giving you advice. And my spirit guides are talking to me and that's it. Like, to me, it's just like, honestly, to me, it doesn't even seem that much of a big deal. To be honest with you, I mean, I understand that it's giving something to this person or giving something to their life, but I just look at it as like, hey, I'm happy I could help. And that's it. I don't see anything else. And so... Now, I'm beginning to realize, oh no, it is great that you're helping and no, you know, if somebody wants to give you that title, they give you that title on their own. That's, that's them. But you are embracing something different. And what you're embracing is very strong and very powerful. And that is a very deeply rooted part of yourself. And you have to embrace that fully too. And so the little child in me, my little child self is like, I don't think I can do it. And like the deeply rooted essence is like, oh, yes, you can and you will. And so <laughs> what I've had to learn is just like, I need to just trust. I need to just embrace that trust. Like I actually know how to do it, but I'm so used to thinking to myself, okay, well, yeah, I am. I maybe what I do is cool or amazing or strong or powerful or whatever. Like, that's great. But like, hey, I'm, it's just little old Melissa here. And I need to remove that little old from me. No, 
My name is Melissa, and you can say that with power. And so what I would like to give to you guys and empower you to do is to embrace your power. It is hard. (laughs) It is rough. (laughs) There's a lot of doubt that happens. There's a lot of weariness. There's a lot of like, I don't really know if I want to touch that shit. (laughs) I get it. I really, 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 really do. (laughs) But it's there. And it is so strong. and, And it's so willing to help you and be one with you. And so if you get that opportunity, like, don't, don't question if you deserve it. Because you do. And that doesn't just have to be about spiritual aspects. It can be about anything. If you got a promotion at your job, you get a new title. Don't question that you deserve that title because somebody saw you did. Somebody saw your potential and saw the power in you. Just say congratulations. And now when you work, every time that you work and you're working towards this goal, work to understand that that work is not to prove to them that you deserve it, but to prove it to yourself. And that's what I've had to learn too with all of this is that When I am doing meditation now, when I am using my tarot cards and my oracle cards, when I am giving spiritual guidance and advice, I'm not proving shit to them. They already know I can do it. I'm proving it to myself. And that's part of why I'm being called to do it more and more and more is so that I can fill up that cup in me and say, yeah, no, you deserve this. And you you have it, so own it and walk with your, you know, your back straight and your head held high, not looking over anyone, but with saying to yourself, I do deserve this and I am worthy of it. And I am going to use it in its greatest good to help other people too, so that they can feel their greatest good as well. So with that, I hope that you guys have a good day and a good night. Take care. Love yourselves and love others. And as we always like to say, don't let the ghost get you. Bye. Bye.